Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Ram Gadumal is from London. He's visiting us today for this interview about My Silk Road, the adventures and struggles of a British Asian refugee. He is a Christian, a businessman, and a philanthropist. You're gonna love his interview. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a live in-studio interview with a new friend of the program who has written this important book. Ram Gidemal has written My Silk Road. It is his memoirs as a philanthropist and a man of excellence who has come all the way to Colorado from London, England. Welcome to the program, Ram Gidemal. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. A bit jet lagged, but uh, recovering and so excited to be here with you. Yeah, you know, I just returned from overseas myself. You came most recently from India and I was in India last month. Uh, and that that long flight to Chicago and then to Colorado, it just knocks you out. You end up waking up at 3 a.m. every morning. I, I did that exactly today. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it but it's it, it's good. You get over it. And it's great to be here you with you. You have come to America so many times because as a philanthropist, you are on some very important charity boards uh, and you do a lot of consulting for international business and trade. That's right. I came to Hawaii a couple of months ago. Uh, that was for a, a Bible translation agency board meeting in uh, the University of the Nations in Kona, Waiwan Center. And then I came for another meeting, it's another board, movement.org. And in that one, it was very exciting. The mayor of New York turned up and it's an initi initiative that brings together local government, uh, business leaders from Wall Street and the church to see what is missing in the city and what's being duplicated, how to better use the resources God has blessed us with. So that was the second board. And of course, the third time here in uh, Colorado Springs, it's a social enterprise called Cotton Connect, for which I've come. There's a textile conference here in Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs. So this is my third visit. Well, we, we are honored <laughs> and, and excited to have you. I have so much in common because after getting to know you yesterday, I learned that you are, uh, your parents are natives of Indian descent. Yes. And you are a British citizen. Yes, that's uh, right. But you were born in Kenya and you migrated at age 16 to London where you've spent uh, all of your adult life. That's Ta right. How did, how did this yeah. begin your Silk Road? And you wrote the book about a Silk Road, why Silk? Silk, because my grandparents actually made their fortune. We are, we are traders. I come from a community who are called Sindhi, S-I-N-D-H-I and we are traders. My grandparents started this trading business supplying silk from Japan to East Africa and South Africa where the British were building railways and the wives of the indentured Indian laborers needed saris, well, they provided the saris. But in 1947, India was partitioned. It was British India, but it now became half a dozen countries. And where we were was a Muslim part of uh, what became Pakistan, so we had to flee. My family were Hindus. So we fled on a ship, arrived in East Africa, started life again, having lost everything in Pakistan, what became uh, Pakistan. 20 years later, there was an expulsion 
again from from East Africa, and we uh, uh, came as refugees to London. Hence the sub, the subtitle, the Adventures and Struggles of a British Asian Refugee. So we started life again in London. Fifteen of us, four bedrooms, one bathroom and toilet, and but we are traders. The one shop we bought became six shop in two years' time, and there we were on an upward journey in terms of business and what have you. So you were telling me the your tribe, the Sindhi tribe, is is famous or sometimes infamous <laughs> for their ability to start businesses. They That's are very right. <laughs> very uh, cunning businessmen, and they're good at trade. Your family arrived with 15 children, no uh, accommodations. You had one bathroom to share, and you built six businesses in two two years. How did you do this? Uh, we have when we came with maybe very little money, just enough to buy a shop, but we had relationships. See, all those relationships grandfather built. Our name was known in the community, and so father was able to call on those connections in Hong Kong who then called on their friends in Manchester, England, who then lent us money to buy the second shop. And so it went on. Nice. It's a network of relationships, a heritage that we have and have enjoyed. And so that really was quite exciting to be able to draw on. Now, at age 16 or 17, you also had a profound religious experience. You were in a pub, and chapter five is about meeting Jesus. Yeah, what, what happened was, uh, I mean, I come from a Hindu family, a Sikh uh, upbringing as well. I was sent to a Muslim school. So I came to uh, England at the age of 17, but it was at university at the age of 21 uh, that I actually met with Jesus in a pub. Campus Crusade uh, were running a sort of a rock music um, event at the pub, Rock for Christ. So I went in there to hear music thinking, all right, what's this rock about? They sang about the man from Galilee. And they said, that man is Jesus. Now, until then, I was brought up to believe Jesus was a white man, a colonial God, nothing to do with Galilee. He so looked I, like a British man wearing a bowler hat. That's right, a pinstripe suit, bowler hat, blue-eyed and blonde. And so I, I, I put out, you know, little form thing. I disagree with you all. Can we have an argument, please? So they came to see me. They brought the New Testament and Old Testament, and they began to show me things about Jesus. And I thought, gosh, you know, this is incredible. Well, you can, you, you know, I, I lost the argument or I wouldn't be sitting here with you today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you are. When you finished reading the New Testament, you got to Revelation chapter three, three and what verse, happened? Revelation three, chapter, uh, chapter three, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Uh, if anyone lets me in, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And I was so touched that Jesus himself would come and eat with me, that fellowships, you don't eat just with anybody, but he was prepared to eat with me. So I just got on my knees. I first opened that huge big window in my room, got on my knees, and they had given me this little leaflet about how to accept Jesus. You know, confess your sins, uh, uh, repent. The four spiritual the, laws. The four spiritual laws of Campus Crusade. Yeah. It worked for me. I just went through it, prayed the prayer of repentance, prayed the prayer of a sinner, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I can tell you, I have never looked back from that moment in 1971, December, when I gave my life to the wow. Lord. So just like symbolically, you, you opened the windows and the, the cold air came rushing in. Very cold. But the Holy Spirit came rushing into your heart. Well, for me, it was literally symbolically Jesus, Holy Spirit, all just coming in. And I honestly, the sleep I had that night, I've never had because I was so worried about different things before that. I felt lonely. I'd never been away from home. Yeah. All that. Just never looked back. And in fact, I then was so excited that I had to tell my family about Jesus. We'll take a short break yeah. because you can imagine his Hindu parents in London now shocked that their son became a Christian right after this. 
giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. The Bible says this in James 1, that pure religion before God and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. You know, we have been sponsoring up to 259 orphans and children in one of the poorest states in India for many years, but now there is a famine of biblical proportions happening because of the unemployment there. We are sponsoring people who otherwise cannot feed themselves. We've given over $10,000 to feed up to 100,000 meals to the poorest of poor in one of the poorest states in the world. We need your support. We need your financial contributions. Can you help us? There's somebody out there watching who could give $1,000 or even $10,000 toward a matching gift for what we have already provided. Please donate today. PrayInJesusName.org is our website. Or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please help us feed the poor today. We have a brand new action alert for the activist members of our TV audience. And we want you to take action today to stop the religious purge of Christians from the military. You mean they're kicking out Christians? Yes, by the thousands right now because religious exemption waivers are being denied by especially the Air Force. And we've seen recent headlines how Air Force Academy cadets are being kicked out and forced to repay hundreds of thousands of dollars in back scholarship money. This is just wrong. We are standing for the religious freedom of the cadets. We're asking you to call the Secretary of Defense office. He is Lloyd Austin, and he wrote the policy saying that religious exemptions will be granted on a case-by-case -case basis. Then why are almost zero exemption waivers being granted? We need you to take action today by calling the Secretary of Defense office, and we have his phone number. Get your pen ready to write down this phone number. We want you to call and say, please, protect religious freedom. Don't purge the Christians out of the military. Here's that phone number. We want you to dial 703-692-7100. Again, that's 703-692-7100. Call the Secretary of Defense office and then call us for a free religious freedom sticker at 866-Obey-God. Press option three, take action today. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined by Ram Gidumal, who has an exciting testimony. Uh, how many years ago was that, and what did your parents say? Well, 1971, and I went home and told my mom, I've become a follower of Jesus. And she just looked at me thinking, oh, he'll forget about this. And uh, I tried to explain it to her, but she just didn't understand. And in the end, I struggled. How do I explain to my mom what I have done? And until I could articulate what I had done in her language, in a way she could understand, I knew it, I'd be on a lost cause here. She'd never understand. And I was so wanted her to know Jesus and love Jesus and invite him into her life. Well, I learned how to communicate with her. So, for example, take John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Well, in Sanskrit, it is Sanatan Sat Guru. Sanatan is eternal. Sat is true. Guru is living way. The way, the truth, and the life. Three words. So I told her, Mom, I follow the Sanatan Satguru. She said, hmm, gurus I've heard of, Satgurus I've heard of, but Sanatan, nah, there's no such eternal guru ever. I said, well, here's the New Testament. Read it, mom, and you tell me what you think of this eternal guru whose name is Jesus. Well, I'll cut a long story short. She read it. She accepted Jesus. And because she was the eldest daughter-in-law in the family, very symbolic, 
many in the family then, you know, thinking, gosh, she's accepted Jesus. Forget about Ram, he's a kid. She's accepted Jesus. They started inquiring. Wow. And, you know, today over 50 members of my family are followers of Jesus because they understand the Sanatan Satguru. They understand I'm the way, the truth, and the life, says Jesus, and they have accepted him. Praise the Lord. That, that is wonderful. Uh, you went on to have a very successful business career, uh, but from the age of 21 to 37, you did what? Well, I, firstly, I had to find a job so that I could get married, and the, the girl I fell in love with and had met, her father said, you don't, you're not getting married to my daughter until you have a job. So, Sunita. Sunita, indeed. Yes. You're married so, now how many years? We're now, oh gosh, 46 years. Praise God. Uh, and you have many children and grandchildren? We have three children, all married, to believe, all believers, all married. And uh, we have seven grandchildren. Uh, one son lives in Israel, yeah. working with the Bible Translation Agency. A daughter in uh, London, married to a Swedish boy. And again, all believers. She uh, is working with an aid agency, uh, a tier fund. And my eldest son, a business counselor, he uh, is in London too. But you were so successful in business that you had amassed a great wealth by age 37 and something dramatic happened to you. You had never actually traveled in India where your no. grandparents are from. Yeah. And then yeah. what happened in Bombay? Well, I went to Bombay on a business trip and on the last day of the business trip, I visited the largest slum in Asia. It's where Slumdog Millionaire was shot. I went there, I saw a five-year-old boy, I said, where will he stay the night? They said, there's a water pipe. I said, why can't he stay in the cardboard boxes? He can't afford to pay the, slum, pay the slumlord. And then I saw, uh, uh, I said, okay, where's his dad? They laughed at me. I said, okay, where's his mom? They took me around the corner and I saw these cages with young girls locked up. Didn't take much imagination for a man to know what they'd be going through the night. It just broke my heart. I got on my flight, first class Air France, on the way to Glasgow to get to, to, to via Paris. And I just, couldn't eat a thing, couldn't drink any of that stuff they were offering me. I just broke down and wept. Came back, spoke to my wife. We prayed together. She realized something profound had happened. And I said, I sense a calling now to do something different, not just to keep amassing wealth for that company. Look, we don't need a fortune to buy planes and yachts and things. We can afford now to just stop and let's see how the Lord provides in the future. We went on from there to really never look back. The first thing I did, set, uh, using my business skills, set up a charity project where we ran with youth groups, eat less, pay more restaurants. You know, over seven years, that raised $10 million. And people, people couldn't believe it. Simple ideas, very eat less, pay more. One month before Christmas, high spent, high street, high guilt. People come in <laughs> and, they, and, they, and you know, you got water, tap water, mineral water, Coca-Cola. One dollar each, they'd take the tap water and give a dollar. So that's net benefit. Wow. So simple ideas. And it was the youth groups, the kids who did it. And 50,000 teenagers were mobilized. And what I was keen on is that these teenagers would learn about what the needs are in the wider world. And they had to do a one-week course on what does Jesus teach about poverty. And, you know, from that group of 50,000 kids have come many who have gone into the mission field. Praise God. So at age 37, you literally quit your company took whatever pension was coming to you, you and your wife stepped out on faith and started a charity enterprise that your first project raised $10 million for the poor in the slums in Mumbai, which and, is and Bombay. And beyond, not only Mumbai, South America. Uh, uh, in the first year, it was for India. Second year, we went for Africa, where the AIDS was rife at that time. Then the third year, we went for South America, the favelas. 
in South America, the slums there. And like that, every year we shifted focus. So the kid, you know, teenagers' attention span is not that high. They want change. They want excitement. In but London? We, we, well, everywhere, I can tell you. Yeah. We wanted them to get that sense of excitement and not lose it. And boy, did they take it on. And not only restaurants, they ran radio stations. They ran newspapers, the cracker. Uh, radio stations, Radio Cracker, tune in, pay out. And they came up with pithy slogans. You know, India is baking, she needs some dough. You know, <laughs> you know justice, not just us. You know, that kind of stuff. And Clever. it just appealed to the teenagers. And I tell you, it was so exciting to see how they were impacted that yeah. they themselves have gone on into uh, serving the Lord in the bigger world. So we're gonna take another short break. My Silk Road is the name of the book. The subtitle, The Adventures and Struggles of a British Asian Refugee, started in poverty with nothing, uh, has now been impacting m hundreds of thousands of children with millions of dollars raised for charity. More with Ram Gadumal right after this. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my original My Slippers are back in stock. You've made them a huge success, and now I've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. And with your promo code, you still save $90 a pair. Not only that, I'm having the biggest closeout sale ever on our sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not gonna find in any other slippers. My slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90 on my original my slippers or for as low as $19.98, you can get our sandals or slides. Quantities won't last long, and with my 60-day money-back guarantee, you can rest assured they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPill that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my Premium Queen, only $24.98. Or my Premium King, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Joined for one more segment with Ram Gadumal. The title is My Silk Road. Uh, you can get this at the website, pipparanbooks.com, that's his publisher. If you click on the, the toggle for authors, he's the third face down, it'll take you right to his page. Brand new release, this has already been selling globally, but you had a big interview on BBC television that's last right. month, what happened? Oh, they invited me, I was amazed. Uh, they said to me, it's a Sunday morning live, and they gave me, they said, you'll have about three and a half, four, four and a half minutes. Well, I got over five minutes. And it was a live interview. And they asked me questions about my life. And I was able, and then the last question they threw in, they said, so what is your secret? You know, that can you tell us very quickly? I said, 
simple. I pray. I pray with my wife every day. And one thing is very clear. We want all the glory to go to God because all that we do now is an expression of our thanksgiving to what Jesus has done for us. There is nothing more we can do. He's done it all. We just have to do what we do as an expression of saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And give him all the glory because that's what it's all about. And that was broadcast worldwide on BBC One. You Live. had friends in India that were watching that and they called you. Instantly, I suddenly said, I thought this was only for, for the United Kingdom. From India, I'm getting messages from Bangalore. Yeah. I'm getting messages from Pune. They said, we've just watched you, well, from Hyderabad. We've watched you live on TV. Wow, incredible, unbelievable. Preaching the gospel, they talking about it. Jesus. Praise they God. They couldn't believe it. So <coughs> you, have, you have more recently been involved as a charity leader, not just on three boards now, but you used to be the chairman of the Lausanne Conference, in, in, which I think started in Switzerland, but Reverend Billy Graham, you met Billy Graham. I did. And you organized his global missionary conference for six years, what was that like? Well, uh, he, he set up the Lausanne movement, okay? That was in 1974, to bring together evangelical Christians from across the globe so that there would be a greater sense of unity by all of them, so working together. Now, uh, I became chairman of the Lausanne movement, uh, I was chairman for six years, and uh, that involved uh, helping what had been already set up to be further strengthened and developed so that today, uh, now in 2024, uh, they will be celebrating 50 years and that will bring together again evangelical leaders from all across the globe in South Korea. In uh, uh, 2010, we had another Congress. That Congress in 2010, where I was the vice chairman, uh, I was involved there and working with uh, people like Doug Birdsall and others to bring together nearly 4,000 leaders into Cape Town. So there we had a follow-up of what started in 1974. Then there was another one in 89 in Manila. And uh, the, the one in uh, 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 2010 was in, was in Cape Town. And that brought together these 4,000 leaders. And it has been incredible to see how the church can come together in unity one of to your, do good. One of your charities is translating the Bible into native languages. Yes. Talk about that. Oh, you know, when my mom became a believer, I gave her this New Testament, right? And she found it tough. She said, can't I get it in my own heart language, Sindhi? I said, mom, it doesn't exist. She says, I find it very difficult not to read, but it is God's word. How can I get money? So when I came across this organization called the 4 to 20 Foundation, 4th, 2nd, and 20th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Dawar, the word, their mission is to see the, uh, the, the Old Testament, the original testament, we call it, translated into the heart languages of the nearly 4,000 languages that do not yet have an Old Testament, an original testament in their language. Wow. Until the whole word is really translated and available to the world, it's, it's going to be tough to see the coming of our Lord uh, coming sooner than later. So we've got families like the Green family I know of Hobby Lobby who are desperate to see this happen in their lifetime. So there's a lot of people putting energy to see this mission accomplished to translate the original testament into the heart language of the people who still do not have it. So when I heard yeah. it in Sindhi for the first time, you know, it just warmed me. It, I, it felt so special to hear the word of God in your own mother tongue, in your Absolutely. own heart language. And the Green family who owns Hobby Lobby, Mardell Bookstores, very successful business people yeah. here in America, they 
have donated so much of their wealth mm. to promoting the gospel and translating Bibles. They also opened the Bible Museum in right. Washington, D.C. You were there when it opened. That's right, the Museum of the Bible. When uh, it was being built, I know I was invited by the Green family to meet with them, and it was amazing to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with, with, with the Greens. And uh, then we came and had a special meeting just for one of the organizations which I'm involved with, movement.org. And we literally reserved the whole Museum of the Bible for our board, for our friends, and nice. for all related. It was so exciting. And the Greens themselves came to that event, and it was very, very powerful and exciting. In 2002, you ran for mayor of London, England. In 2000. 2000. Why did you do this? What, would, what was it like? Well, I did it because when I saw the candidates who were running, they just kept talking about things that I felt didn't matter to people on the ground. You know, I came as a refugee to London. I knew there are needs on the ground. So every time they opened their mouth and the media covered them, they just talked about the same old thing, transport, housing, crime. I said, who's going to talk about the homeless? Who's going to talk about the jobless, the carless? Because that's the community Jesus cared for. Jesus really cares you for those. You formed a Christian political party in England. Yeah, that's right. It's got a Christian Democrat party called the Christian People's Alliance. People's without an apostrophe. So Christian People's Alliance. And it was the first time we, I ran. I had a 90-day campaign. You know what? I got 100,000 votes, first and second preference. I came fourth as a party from all the 15 candidates, and I saved my deposit, and it was incredible that I even beat the Green Party in the 2000, and they'd been around for 25 years. Amazing. So it was very exciting to be able to see that result and the impact it had on the policies of the other candidates, because now, that was the, the impact. The new Prime Minister of Britain is a, a, a Hindu. He, yeah. He's a, an Indian national. Uh, have you met him? What is, what is the sense of this? I mean, uh, he's a very, very capable, able man, a very wealthy man, even wealthier than the King of England. And uh, the issue, you know, I always say this, I, it doesn't matter what his background or ethnicity, to, to, ethnicity is. To me, it is what are his policies and what is he going to deliver and will he keep to the promises that, uh, that are made? Because Amen. that is the most important thing. Okay, we're out of time, but would you lead our audience in a word of prayer? Sure, sure. let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, how we thank you and praise you for who you are, the awesome, almighty, wonderful, and lovely God. Father, thank you that you give us this privilege of a relationship with you, a privilege of actually knowing you personally, but you have revealed yourself through your word, the Bible. Lord, we just pray that you would bless each one who is listening, bless each heart, bless each mind, that each one would know you more deeply. And if they don't know you, Lord, may your Holy Spirit touch them, even now, that they would see you for who you are, the almighty, awesome, wonderful, and loving God who cares for each of them so deeply that you died on the cross for each one. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ram Gudumal, CBE, Commander of the British Empire, has written this book, My Silk Road. Get it wherever books are sold. Our website is prayinjesusname.org. Please donate when you visit, prayinjesusname.org. If you need prayer or you called with, uh, if you prayed with us just now, Call us toll free at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. I'm Dr. Chaps. Do you wanna get free news alerts faster than everybody else? Do you wanna get invitations to private events to come meet me in person? Do you wanna get a free religious freedom window decal? Pick up your phone, it's right there by your hand and text this word, text the word PRAY to 24365. Text the word PRAY to 24365 and we'll sign you up. Then call us at 866-Obey-God. 
Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D to get a free Religious Freedom sticker. Call today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray in Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.